It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking. Something stinks in here. That's terrible. <laughs> it's Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. We heading uh, to Seattle? No. You want to go to Seattle? You said well, let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. We're going up there. Not yet. <laughs> okay. You, you got to wait till October for that. Okay? And they're officially in the league now. That's all I know. Because they paid their uh, paid their six hundred fifty million. Six fifty. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> all good. Well, the Green Bay Packers and the and Aaron Rodgers are at a stalemate. We've talked about this the last couple days, and uh, yes, this is a terrible story. Uh, I guess uh, if you're a Packer fan, but really, it's it's terrible from my perspective. From a media standpoint, because the media coverage on this is absurd. The more that this story gets talked about, gets thrown out there with the more scenarios, it really makes me sick. The media put this story out, if you remember, and Adam Schefter doing his due diligence, doing his job uh, with ESPN, saying that, hey, Aaron Rodgers is unhappy, a source in the Packers organization there on 1265 uh, Lombardi Avenue is saying, hey, he does not want to come back. Well, that really hasn't been breaking news. That's been the news for the past year, ever since the Packers drafted Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State, last year. And Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy about it. He had some comments after the draft last year, and then pretty much he stood silent on it. And uh, whatever he had to do to motivate himself, he said, hey, I'm going to go to Green Bay, and I'm, I'm just going to you know prove that I'm the guy, had a fantastic season, MVP year. We know how that all unfolded. But now the same story goes again this year, and no one has heard from Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers hasn't said a thing. There's no quotes from Rodgers. No reporter has talked to him. And the media outlets continue to put out lists of teams where they think Rodgers is a good fit. Stop! Just put a stop on this because the Green Bay Packers are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. There should be no list. And every day now, people are putting out lists. This is a good fit for him to go. The Green Bay Packers are not trading Aaron Rodgers. And then somebody came up with a list a couple days ago after the draft. Actually, during the draft, here's the three teams Rodgers wants to go to. Well, who said that? Rodgers didn't say it. Did somebody actually get that from Aaron Rodgers saying, the San Francisco 49ers, okay, common sense, common knowledge, that's where he wanted to go, childhood fan, all right, he's from Chico, and the same article said, yeah, he's from the Bay Area, no, <laughs> Chico and San Francisco are about 400 miles apart, it's, it's not even close to each other, then they said the Denver Broncos, and then they said the Raiders, because they said, well, the Packers, they weren't going to trade Brett Favre into their own division, let alone their own conference. So, yeah, it's probably going to have to be an AFC team. But all of this is just pure nonsense. And the media has taken the story and ran with it. And, again, nothing from Rodgers. But here's the thing about this. There's no list. There are no teams. So people need to stop this, all right, because it's just making you look foolish when you're talking about something that will not happen. Now, are people saying, well, maybe the Packers could trade him? Why would the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? They're not going to trade him. They, Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy, 
The GM and president, respectively, said, we are not trading him. We're, we want Aaron Rodgers in a Packer uniform until he's ready to quit. Well, this might drive him to quit. That could be a possibility here. But Rodgers has no position here. He's got zero leverage. And here's another thing that people aren't, aren't realizing here. Okay, The Packers hold all the cards. And per the 2020 collective bargaining agreement, it makes it very difficult for veterans to hold out now. So people are thinking, okay, well, Rodgers is going to hold out, this and that. He's going to cost himself a lot of money. No, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do it. He's going to show up in Green Bay just like he did last year, and he's going to tuck his tail between his legs. This diva, this egomaniac has only one option, and that option is to go to Green Bay and play football, or I guess there is a second option, and that is retire from the NFL. His ego, I don't think, will let him do that, even though a lot of people say, hey, he wants to do Jeopardy. He's going to be getting married possibly in the summertime to a Hollywood starlet. But again, if you're looking at this from a logical perspective, the Packers hold all the cards. And here's another thing. If Aaron Rodgers wants to hold out, he is going to be fined $50,000 per day. That's what the new collective bargaining agreement states. And guess what? If you sign him or if they come to agreement and Rodgers shows up later, okay, past five days, they, they don't get he doesn't get that money back. Plain and simple. Because in this collective bargaining agreement they agreed to last year, that now is not an option where teams could like give it back and wave wave the fines. No. So that's it. If he sits out, it's gonna cost him a boatload of money. So again, pretty ludicrous to even think that this could possibly happen. I don't want to see any more lists, any more talk about this because the Packers hold all the cards and they're never going to get the value back for that. So Aaron Rodgers will not be anyone but a Packer. Well, if you don't want to see any more lists, then quit looking because they're still going to be there. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is loving this because people are talking about Aaron Rodgers. His fiance is a Hollywood starlet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A starlet of what? I don't know. Yeah, some some Hollywood uh, somebody. Who knows I've what? seen her around. Yeah. And I, I Have you? I, yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures I, of her on TMZ and stuff I, like that. I know. He goes from Danica Patrick to Olivia Munn or vice versa, and now someone's new is, is involved. Well, who cares? I mean, yeah, I, don't. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, right. I, I, he, yeah. He, if he gets the Jeopardy job, then that's one thing that I'll never have to watch again. So that'll clear up a half hour of my day every day. So not that I've been watching it lately. Anyhow, he's I'm not tired. getting that job either. No, I mean, even Anderson Cooper's better than this guy. I, I don't know who is because I've kind yeah. of I've, I've kind of weaned off of Jeopardy now. I'm just yeah. kind of tired of it. Right. But yeah, he loves this stuff. They're talking about him. He's doing this and that. I saw somebody post on Facebook today. Aaron Rodgers in a Raider jersey. Oh, I know. And and it was like really seriously. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, do you really want... Come on. You know, Aaron Rodgers, I'm surprised that he hasn't capitalized on this more and sold Rodgers rattles and Rodgers bibs and Rodgers baby formula and everything else. Because I know today is the May the 4th be with you day. Outside of Baby Yoda, Baby Rogers is probably the number one thing in sports because he's absolutely ridiculous, but he is loving this. And people, you don't have to have credibility to make a list. You don't have to say where the list came from. Oh, these are Rogers' three teams because that's what I figure they probably are. There's no culpability for anything anybody says anymore. Right. We're talking about the draft, and you're talking about how everyone's going to be great in the draft. Three years from now, whether <laughs> Mel Kuyper was right on top of everything or whether he blew every pick he had, He's still going to be the guy that's the expert on the draft that everybody goes to. 
It doesn't matter anymore. There's no checks and balances. You do what you want to because you get your byline out there. And, and the Packers, in their front office, I mean, they're just saying, listen, we're, we're not going to trade this guy. And they know the media has t- taken a hold of the story. I thought it was funny. So Rob Domofsky, guy I, I knew very well, worked with. He would come on my show in Green Bay all the time. He was a local reporter for the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Rob's done a fantastic job, and he became uh, ESPN's Packer reporter. When ESPN about seven, eight years ago decided, hey, we want to have correspondence in every NFL city. This is who we go to and this and that. So Rob has done a fantastic job covering the Packers, and we see him a lot on ESPN. So funny that one of the Packers executives said to Rob yesterday, he said, hey, have you got us our quarterback back yet? Because that's what they're saying here, is that the media has driven the their quarterback away. Hey, because uh, he's not talking to us, so let us know if you can bring him back to us. Ha, ha, ha. But that's what's going on here. That's it. Rodgers isn't talking. And again, does he want to trade? Absolutely does. Do the Packers want to trade? No. So plain and simple, he's not going anywhere unless the Packers want to do it. So there's one person, though, that actually has talked some sense, well, probably besides you and I, uh, about this thing. And again, for me, spent all that time I did in Green Bay and covering him in the Packers, and knowing Rodgers the way I know him. I, I, I've known he's a diva for a long time. I know what his family situation is. Now things are coming out about his family. Oh, he's shunned his family, this and that, you know, because of his, his past girlfriends. No, no. He's, he's been disengaged with his family as long as I've known him. So it's crazy. But one person actually had some sense, and that's Terry Bradshaw. And I know that sounds kind of crazy because a lot of people think Terry Bradshaw has gone off the deep end and he's old school. But listen to what Terry Bradshaw had to say about Aaron Rodgers and this Packers situation. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, I never. He's a three time MVP in the league and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. Now, I don't know what was said behind the scenes. I don't know what. If he said, look, I'll play this year, and then I won't out of here, and they said, fine, then he's the MVP in the league. I don't know. None of us know, uh, unless he told some insiders, and they're saying it. I don't hear it. And for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that. Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone, number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had I had him coming at me from all angles. Uh, I embraced it because when we went to practice – I wasn't worried about those guys, you know. It didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand why he's so upset uh, at Green Bay. And then, then if they fire the general manager, he'll come back. Are you kidding me? Really? Aaron, that's that's where this is. Here's what I'd do. I wouldn't budge. Let him gripe. Let him cry. Retire. You're 38. Go ahead and retire. See you later. I mean, I'm really strong about stuff like that. And it just makes him look weak. In my way of looking, it makes him look weak. You know, how dare you draft somebody or, you know, uh, I played better. What did he say? I played better than they thought I would or I, I, I don't know. Oh, me being the MVP really screwed them, you know, really messed them up. Well, you're going to make, I don't know how much money. That Obviously, he doesn't need the money. So probably he's just retire and go do Jeopardy. It's the way I look at it, but I wouldn't budge. I'm strong about stuff like that. I wouldn't budge a bit. 
Either he gives in and Green Bay don't give in. Move on. There it is. Terry Bradshaw speaking. And he said something that you hit on yesterday, which is right on the money. Teams draft for the future. They drafted Aaron Rodgers. And Brett Favre wasn't too happy about it, but Brett played for three years, and he, and he learned, and he became the quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers would have played right away, maybe even went to a different organization, he wouldn't have been the player that he's become. And so teams have got to prepare for the future. Quarterbacks getting upset and, and people thinking that a quarterback needs to sign off on what a general manager or a president is doing is nonsense. And Terry Bradshaw is right. You're the player. Just play. Well, and not only that, but he hit on another thing there, too, that was subliminal. He's 38 years old. You have to have a quality backup. You don't yes. know this guy's making it through a full season. It's a 17-game season this year. You've never played a 17-game season, and you're older than you've ever been, obviously, because we all age every year, you know? Drew Brees had two guys screaming down his throat last year in New Orleans. Did he cry about it? No. He went through the season. He tried to win a Super Bowl. He's retired now, but it's not because there was two other guys waiting to take his place. How dare the Packers try to strengthen their team and have a little bit of bench depth? I'm the MVP. I don't need anybody because, look, we won. Well, we made the playoffs. I mean, come on, man. He's a crybaby. Where, where, where? Look at me. I want everything here. And, by the way, then when we don't win a Super Bowl, they didn't put enough talent around me. Right. He wants it both ways. He's a baby. He's a prima donna. He makes me hurl. I'm with you, man. I am with you. And here's the thing. The Packers, Jordan Love is the only quarterback they have because the true backup, because Love wasn't even the second stringer last year, the third stringer. The second stringer wouldn't sign to deal with Detroit right now. So, again, yeah, there's no quarterback competition. Your organization is saying, we want you until you say goodbye. Why are you hurt? And deep down inside, he's smarter than this. He understands, like I said earlier, if you decide to hold out, I mean, he's got to be aware of the new collective bargaining agreement, 50 grand a day, and you're not going to get it back. And he's got to know that this guy is not a threat to his job. Be embarrassing if the Packers went there. So his job is secure. Shut up. Play. Enjoy. Retire. Maybe you might win uh, another ring. You never know. He ain't winning another ring. <laughs> All I don't right. think so either. I'm going to flip it over to the ice a little bit. And I know we're going to talk about the VGK later, but I don't know if he had a chance to see this or not. But Tom Wilson, Washington Capitals. Now, Tom Wilson is actually a good hockey player. He can score goals. He's got size. He's a skilled player who also happens to be a goon. This guy is ridiculous. Last night in a melee in front of the net or around the net, he takes his stick and he basically tries to strangle Pavel Buchnevich. Then he punches him in the head. Both sides kind of get a little bit feisty. Things happen. There's a scrum behind the net. He finally gets off Buchnevich. And then our Tommy Panarin comes in because everybody on the ice is going to get involved. So what does Tom Wilson do? To little Artemi Panarin, who I don't know if he's ever been in a fight in his life. Actually, he wasn't one years ago, but he's not a fighter is what I'm saying. He grabs him by the head, or actually by the hair from when I watched it the 12 times I saw it to see what happened. Throws him down to the ice, basically body slams him, jumps on top of him, beats the bejesus out of him. He's been fined and suspended. He's been suspended five times, fined several more. 
So what did he get for this? Is he finally getting kicked out of the league or at least for the rest of the season or a couple games? Nope. $5,000 fine. Not even for what he did at Panarin because they said that was after the fact and the uh, players union and that won't allow that. So a guy that makes $5.166 million a year gets a $5,000 fine for his umpteenth offense in the league. NHL players safety, quit telling me you give a damn. Because you don't. This guy should be suspended. The Washington Capitals should be without him for quite a while with all the aggressions he's had against the league. As far as I'm concerned, he shouldn't even be eligible. He's not going to miss a game. Not one game. It's ridiculous. Why do you think it is only five grand? And why is there some subjectivity here? You know, with this, because it seems like in the NHL, and they could basically do what they want to do. And again, every time we hear about something like this, it, it's never the same penalty. It seems like I mean, well, it goes from from small to large, but 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 even it, it's crazy. Well, it, it is that way because the players' union they have a strong contract and they have a strict set of rules on what is offensible and fineable and suspendable and that. And by their definitions of the rules, even though he's a multi-time, you know, I mean, what? In in the court system, it's three strikes and you're out. We're talking about a guy that's literally been suspended five times and fined several others. But it didn't go over that threshold, apparently. What he did to Buchnevich was the first thing and the only thing that they could suspend him and fine him for. They didn't suspend him for it. He gets a $5,000 fine. It's a joke. It's it's criminal. Oh, by the way, Artemi Panarin, one of the best players in the entire NHL, He's going to miss the rest of the season now because of a lower body injury for getting slammed to the ice. So the Rangers lose one of, if not their best players, and Tom Wilson goes on to lead Washington into the playoffs unless he does something else stupid before the end of the season with with him is highly possible. Remember uh, back in the Stanley Cup Finals when uh, with Wilson and Reeves, everyone made a big hype about that. Oh, these two guys, they're two of the same guys, this and that. No, they're not two of the same guys. No, not at all. Exactly. But remember that? And we had to hear that all the time, and we covered that, and it was like, it was nonsense. It was novice hockey fans that don't know what the hell they're They're, talking about. Just because they're both tough guys doesn't mean they're both goons. And I'm not saying Reeves is a goon, but Reeves' job is to enforce in that. Tom Wilson's a skill. He plays on the top line. He's a valuable player to the team. He actually hurts Washington when he does this stuff. But I guess he doesn't really if he's not going to get suspended or have to you know, pay the piper, so to speak. Yeah. It's yeah. a joke. Yeah. Total joke. All right. All right. Uh, how about this? Major League Baseball has, can now add another one to their most absurd injury list. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but uh, A's pitcher Jesus Lazardo is now on the IL with a broken pinky. You know how this happened? Think it was a line drive back up the middle. Oh, off his pinky, off his glove. Nah, it didn't happen. He was thumb wrestling? Yeah. Do you think maybe, <laughs> you know, well, he's with the A's in the American League, so it didn't happen like he's up at the plate. You know, that, that didn't happen. Wasn't thumb wrestling, but you're pretty close. Well, let's listen to Bob Melvin, the, the A's manager. He'll tell us exactly what happened. So before the game, he was playing a video game and accidentally bumped his hand on the desk as he was playing the game. He came in, was a little bit sore, training staff checked him out, we threw him in the cage before he went out there, watched him warmed up, he was comfortable pitching, training staff was comfortable with him pitching. After the game, we got an x-ray and there's a hairline in the pinky finger. Really don't know, it just depends how it heals and how it responds. 
you know, as you would expect, it was a little bit worse today, a little puffier today, but um, really, really have no idea on a timetable yet. How do you feel if you're a manager and you're, you're starting pitcher, one of your better starting pitchers, uh, he's out uh, not only for today, but maybe for a few weeks or months or whatever because, oh, he got mad at the video game. What 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 does this come to? I mean, we've heard the kitchen knife stories, uh, people falling down their stairs or kicking something or you know punching holes in the walls. Yeah, video game. Little upset about that video game. Oh, and it's a pinky, by the way. Steve Berline would love that story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Basio would have probably gone out and thrown throw a no hitter if he had a bad pinky or whatever. So, but no, I mean, it, and and again, you're right. But I remember when Dave Kingman injured himself. They said putting his bats in the trunk of his car. <laughs> it's like what he picked. A, he's never picked up a bat before. Yeah. But no, I mean, this is kind of ridiculous. I don't even know how you go in with that story. And accidentally hit it. What was he doing? Was he that in tune to the game? Was he going crazy? Did he play uh, his video game like I used to play a pinball machine to see what it took to tilt the machine? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But I do know one thing. When I did play pinball, yes, that's how old I am. I played pinball, (laughs) not video games. Tilt! But when I did... I never went into work and said, hey, I can't cook tonight. I, I can't go. I can't work the broiler because I got a bad pinky. You just dealt. It's a pinky. Suck it up. Come on, man. <laughs> all right. Well, you know how we both are sick of talking about all these fights, right? The fights that aren't fights. Oh, no. Yes. Well, you know, there's another one coming up here real soon. It is going to be uh, June 6th at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida. Floyd Mayweather taking on Logan Paul. There's another fight around the undercard of that. Have you heard who that is? Yeah, I did. 43-year-old Ocho Cinco (laughs) will be making his boxing debut. He's been boxing for quite a while, he said. He never really thought about necessarily getting in the ring, but he ran it by his family, and they said, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. Now, they have not named an opponent yet. However, it looks like there's a good chance... That his opponent could be. Also former wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall has actually trained with Evander Holyfield. Do you respect Evander Holyfield's opinion? Well, you know, I've, I've interviewed Evander on uh, numerous times. Uh, his opinion, yes, but sometimes he, you know, he got hit in the head so much. He like can't maybe really this time it. you're thinking he might have gone overboard. Yeah, he, he might really can't convey well, it all the Evander time. Evander Holyfield has compared Brandon Marshall to Deontay Wilder, <laughs> saying with his skill set and his power and everything else. So uh, Ocho Cinco might want to rethink that. Oh, by the way, Chad Ocho Cinco yeah. is not anymore chad ochocinco you went back to chad johnson no 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 No? he's a boxer now so he needs a boxing name he's a boxing name okay it's not ko anything is it he is sweet feet johnson (laughs) Johnson. what does he work over at the massage parlor sweet feet is he is he in need of a pedicure Maybe. What are you talking about? I don't know. That that's what Chad Ochocinco says now. Now his oh. boxing name is Sweet Feet Johnson. Okay. Guess he's going to be doing the Ali Shuffle or something uh. as he shuffles in there to oh. maybe take on mm. Brandon Marshall. Oh no. Okay. Uh, this has all the remnants of what we heard with Nate Robinson before. The same thing. Nate Robinson had boxed when he was a young kid. He's always stayed in the gym. His family helped him train, all this stuff. We saw how far that took him once he got in the ring. Against, right down to the canvas. Yeah, right down <laughs> to the canvas. So uh, at least these two ham and eggers will be fighting each other. And I feel sorry again for our guy, our good friend Al Bernstein, who will join us tomorrow. 
Because Showtime is on is the pay-per-view of this Floyd Mayweather Jr. Logan Paul fiasco. So we'll talk to Al about this tomorrow because that's on the undercard. And so is Anderson Silva against some other schmuck, if you know that. So here we go with another UFC guy who's going to try to get in the squared circle, the boxing ring. What's going on here? On, and they're, they're going to stack this ridiculous card with matches like this. And it's a Showtime pay-per-view. You better put some of your up-and-coming Showtime fighters on here as well. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see this garbage. Well, I, I don't want to see this garbage. I, I think the main event might be the worst of all the fights on the card, actually. Oh, yeah. How does somebody 50-0 take on somebody 0-1? <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> but I guess if there's a silver lining to this dark cloud, at least for me... I guess Doja Cat and Snoop Dogg and everybody yeah. else won't be performing in it because I don't think it's a boxing concert no, it's co-main not. event. No, no, it's just a bad boxing show that will be on Showtime pay-per-view with their regular announcers without concerts in, in ganja. Showtime's but, premiere of Sweet Feet Johnson. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Let's uh, end on this. Uh, sad day the other day when I got the news, and I know that uh, – that you um, know about this as well, too, and you watch these uh, guys, or actually this, uh, this person, uh, race back in the day. Uh, Bobby Unser died of natural causes uh, the other day, 87 years old. Bobby Unser, one of the best uh, indie uh, Formula Car racers of all time, won three Indianapolis 500s. Uh, his brother Al, you probably remember him as well too, won four. So between the brothers, they won seven Indy 500s. You want to talk about doing something totally incredible, remarkable, uh, memorable? I mean, that would be the equivalent of of winning the Masters that many times. Uh, no better racing brothers in the history of the sport. And if you go back to these years, think about this. 1968, 1970, 1971, 1975, 1978, 1981, 1987. Those were all years in this tight span where one of the Unser brothers won the Indy 500. That's amazing. And Bobby won it in three different decades because I believe he won it in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. 80s, correct. So, yeah, Yeah. so so he did that. He also had a couple sons that had pretty successful racing careers. Maybe not to him and Alan's success, but they were also very well-known racers. And, yeah, and that's when racing was really one of the Mm -hmm. premier sports. I mean, when everybody tuned into the Indy 500, when it wasn't a race, it was an event. Correct. And it signified Memorial Day weekend and what you're doing. And I, I remember my dad talking to me. I mean, my dad's dream was to always drive at Indianapolis because he uh, he was actually one of the founders of the Midwest Stock Car Association way back when, and you know he was good friends with a lot of the people and race car drivers when he was in the service and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I mean I grew up loving uh, auto racing. Al Unser was actually my favorite race car okay. driver. I was going to ask you who who yours was. Yeah, yeah. It, is Alan, I remember yeah. when I picked him one year. I said, well, number two in Carl Blue, yeah. he's got to win, and yeah. it's it, you know the and and he actually won the race that year. Yeah. So then I became a big fan. But we used to go up to Milwaukee to. The Milwaukee State Fair and see the Milwaukee uh, the the Indy type right. race that they had up there. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Milwaukee two hundred or mm-hmm. whatever it was, but but yeah, and and we used to go up there uh, a, a couple times or whatever. So no, I mean I used to love the Indy cars and the sound they made and everything else. But yeah, uh, Bobby Unser certainly one of the greatest drivers of all time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, what him and his brother did together mm-hmm. just absolutely phenomenal. And you know, mm-hmm. but it had a long, healthy, successful mm-hmm. life in that. So you know. Now may he rest yeah. in peace. And, you know, I mean, you know, I know some people say, well, you know, he was 87, but it's like, well, 
what, what what's the pro- what's long enough? I mean, you yeah. you, you, you still reminisce and you and you wish them all the best and that, and you wish the best for their family. Uh, on the Mount Rushmore of of racing, there's no question about that. I, you, you put Bobby Unser, Al Unser up there. Uh, my personal favorite when I was a kid growing, up, I loved AJ Foyt. He was my guy. You know? AJ Foyt was right yeah. up there. Al Unser, your guy. AJ Foyt was my guy. Just you know, and again, like you said, it was an event. It was what it was a sport. It was you had baseball, you had football, you had basketball. You followed horse racing was huge. Auto racing was huge at that time as well too. And that was pre you know the NASCAR and what it is today and that sort of thing. That's yeah. All there was you a had. big separation. That, big the separation. Indy cars were much bigger yeah. than NASCAR back yeah. in those much, days. Yeah. And then even after uh, those guys got a little bit older, guys like Emerson, yeah. Fittipaldi came right. around and. The other ones, and so yeah, but no, I mean, it was a it, it was a tradition, and what what really I think hurt the sport at least as far as a lot of the fan base is when they broke up and they had that big fight, and then and then there was the Indy cars versus the other drivers, and they had like the the two separate divisions, and it was almost like well, it, it's not even really the same thing anymore. It's the same, but not the same because you have two guys. Go, you don't always yeah. have the best head to head, right? Yeah, ABC had the national coverage all the time, and uh, it was it was great stuff. Oh, it was a weekend, uh, the, the time trials and everything else. It was more than just the race. All right, Bobby Unser uh, dies at the age of eighty-seven due to natural causes.